Greetings, Webcology listeners. The ecosystem of the web marketing world is always changing. Technology, and more importantly, radio is evolving. Introducing the next evolution of radio technology for web marketers, the webmasterradio.fm mobile app for iPhone and Android. Listen live, download new shows daily, and stay connected through our social media network. Download the webmasterradio.fm mobile app in the iTunes Store or in Google Play now. Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Everyone, welcome to Webcology here at WebmasterRadio.fm. It is the 9th of January, 2014. It's the first show of the new year. Sorry we missed last week. Um, I was dealing with an ice storm. Dave was on his way to Whistler, where he joins us. Dave, you're in beautiful Whistler, British Columbia. I sure am. Got uh, some snow falling and uh, a mountain just beckoning, but uh, it'll have to wait till tomorrow. It'll have to wait until only 11 in the morning. Are you, what are you, what are you, what are you, what are you, working today or something? <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> there you go, friends. A webmaster's work is never done. Even in Whistler, a webmaster's work is never done. And I learned that last week. I had, I gotta, I gotta tell you the story of my New Year's, Dave. Dave, it was amazing. So. I'm looking forward to it. I got, uh. My company, uh, Digital Always Media, ended up getting four tickets to the Winter Classic. Thing is, we got them for last year's game. But mm-hmm. last year's game got canceled because of the hockey strike. We, uh, we had clients lined up that we were going to take, you know, to do, to do the corporate thing. Yeah. And um, so we had these tickets, these tickets left over. We no longer had those clients we wanted to take. So we had these two extra tickets. Um, my partner, Alan, took his son and I took my dad. We go to the Winter Classic in Ann Arbor, Michigan, with uh, Kevin Dooley and with uh, Ryan Jones, two two other well-known SEOs. So we're in Ann Arbor, Michigan, which is a good three hundred and fifty miles, maybe maybe five hundred kilometers from from my office in Toronto. It's negative fifteen Celsius. I'm not positive what that is Fahrenheit. I'm pretty sure the conversion is freaking cold. Um, that's the official American conversion from 15, 15 <laughs> Celsius, negative 15 Celsius, freaking cold. Somewhere, somewhere around three, uh, negative three Celsius Fahrenheit. Um, 100,000 people there. More than 107,000 people there. Uh, we all sang Don't Stop Believing by Journey, forming the world's largest and probably drunkest choir of, you know, of all time. <laughs> so I'm wearing layers upon layers upon layers of clothes. Okay, like I just, you know, I just stack on the clothes because that's the only way you stay warm in negative fifteen Celsius weather. Yeah, that's about it. Somewhere deep in my pockets, one of my pockets could have been the first or second of four or five layers of clothes. My phone starts freaking out towards the end of the second period. Now I don't know how much time you've spent in negative fifteen Celsius or really, really freaking cold Fahrenheit, but. You don't want to take your hands out of your gloves and find out why your phone's freaking out. Especially when the Leafs and the, and the Red Wings are playing. I'm like, I mean, my goodness, what, what a game. <laughs> um, had I taken a look, and actually I did, I, I, I had to know, 
And I found that I was getting warnings from a number of the websites that uh, my company controls that they had been hacked. My day digressed fairly rapidly from there. (laughs) Um, There wasn't much we could do. We were in this stadium with 105 or 107,000 other people watching a, a hockey game. And in the back of my mind, I know that I have a problem. So I quickly sent um, an email to our manager, to Bria, who jumped on and started dealing with the situation. But I'm still in Ann Arbor knowing we have this situation. That was my New Year's Day. It was excellent. <laughs> I'm not even going to try to describe. The, there was a big, an incredible storm happening. Um, the beginning of, it was actually the beginning of the week-long polar vortex that the uh, that most of North America has been has been suffering through most of northern North America has been suffering through, and uh, the drive back to Toronto, what should be a four hour drive, took over eight hours, driving at about sixty kilometers an hour, maybe forty miles an hour, because that was the only safe speed to drive. I get home somewhere around one thirty, two in the morning, and it's all hack from. The three or four hours sleep I've got, I'd gotten uh, to somewhere on Saturday morning, fixing this hack. That's a long way of introducing the guest we have coming up in the second segment of the show, Clayton Gardner, the system administrator at CanHost.ca, one of the one of the companies that got hacked. Apparently, two hundred thousand or so web servers were hit in this hack that I found out about on New Year's Day in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Amazing. This is going to be it's going to be a, a great guest. I, I'm looking forward to getting some good, some good information. I mean, obviously, you know, something like this happens, and and the information you want, and I'm I'm hoping we can get some, um, is okay. What do you do? Right. I mean, you know, yeah. they probably learned a lesson. We as you know SEOs learn learn lessons from this stuff. So I think it's going to be a great segment of the show. I've been looking forward to it since uh, I found out that you had uh, had set up this, and I can truly sympathize. And I think all of our listeners can. Um, you know, whether it's, it's like it is most often with, uh, with folks in your and I's industry or, or, but I'm sure every industry has that where it's like, there is a problem. I know there's a problem. I'm supposed to be having fun and there is nothing I can do. Like yeah. there, there, there's nothing. So why won't my brain just shut up and let me enjoy <laughs> this? Because there's nothing I can do anyway. <laughs> so, but, but you had to sit through an otherwise brilliant day out with your dad and other friends, um, not able to do anything, but still concerned about that thing that you couldn't do. Well, um, once I was back in the car, I was able to work my phone, but of course, since I'd been outside in negative 15 Celsius, the battery was almost drained. Extreme right. cold is hell on batteries. Um, anyway, Clayton's going to be a great guest. He's going to go over what happened, the anatomy of the hack itself, what they found out about the hacker, some of the some of the interesting. Like this guy was really smart. This guy was amazing. I was in angered awe of that of this hack when as it was being dissected, and of course the common sense things, what you can do about it. That's coming up on our second segment. Before we get there, um, you know, it's been the Christmas and New Year's holiday, but still, some stuff's happened. <laughs> One of the things that we're watching really closely, and something that. Um, you know, it concerns me greatly. I've, I've been talking about net neutrality and the importance of net neutrality for years now. And it's been broken. 
AT&T has moved forward with a program allowed under the allowed by the FCC that allows sponsored data to have greater access, faster access over the AT&T network. So, say, you know, you're Google, you have YouTube, you wanted YouTube to succeed more than um, a rival video service. If you're Google, you can give AT&T a whole bunch of money, and they'll guarantee that there's no interruptions. Now, for those who don't give AT&T a whole bunch of money, there's no guarantees, there won't be any interruptions. Spooky, huh? Yeah, but now let's, you know what, I, I of course, got to play the devil's advocate on this one. Remember, before you do, I want to remind you, you're on a radio network that probably isn't going to pay that sponsored data stuff. Oh, sure they will. Um, <laughs> I, I love spending money that isn't mine. Uh, <laughs> uh, is that the FCC is aware of what's going on, and this is under a lot of scrutiny right now. Like it's not like a, a carte blanche has been has been handed over. Um, this is where, it, and, and you know, you a year from now, you and I will will end up having a chat, and it will be right now. And and this is the point where we test. Uh, whether Dave was right or not. And this this is it. Like, I'll, I'll call it, and I'll be the first to admit if I'm wrong, and, and we've dis- debated net neutrality a number of times, on air, you know, on stages. Uh, my assertion out of the gate was that I didn't like government involved in Internet legislation and that agencies like the FCC were the ones that were supposed to do this. Um, that right? The they, government. They, well, okay, I, I guess, but the government, I don't want to see them coming up with specific law. Uh, did, did you want, you know, Senator Ted Stevens writing laws about how your internet tubes should work, right? Like, no, it, it, what I wanted to no, see, and it's about to be tested, is under the context of, and, and I guess the FTC, or the FCC's one, I, I'm actually looking more to consumer protection, uh, to, to monitor this is, will consumers be protected? Will the Communications Commission um, protect? And this has been my assertion is this is where it should be. These are the hands it should be in. And, I mean, you're right, and I, this is where I get tested and where you can call me totally wrong if this doesn't go the way I anticipate that it should. Uh, and, and who knows, right? I mean, it's to me, it's in the right hands right now. Well, the, um, it, it, here, here's where I have a problem with your argument, Dave. It's been in the FCC's hands as long as I can remember. Yeah. The FCC was the, or- the governmental organization trying to come up with regulations around the free transmission of data across the Internet. Right. And that was called government legislation- legislative intrusion by anti-net neutrality advocates. Yep. So in the absence of... Clear of clear a clear mandate from the FCC of of a clear policy from the FCC because that was blocked by people who wanted to avoid net neutrality rules. Yep. We have allowed AT and T to take the first, not baby step, but major step over the line of net neutrality, and. Now, you, the, the, my, my, my vocal devil's advocate around net neutrality, are saying the FCC should have come up with regulations. When a year ago, guys like you were saying, keep the FCC out of it, keep government out of it entirely. You can't have it both ways. And now, 
in many in many respects, you may not get it at all. But what I want because some of the people you like may not pay those fees or may not be able to pay those fees. Certainly can't compete against Google. Oh no, certainly, and and nor should they have to. It's how does this play out, right? Like right now, we are guessing that this is some carte blanche that sections of the web will be shut down. There, there's no evidence to that, nor do I think there will be. And I think this is where um, the I'm not trade shut down. This becomes shabby. They'll become slow. You might get, you know, um, you might lose a couple frames here and there. It might right. take a couple more seconds for something to load. That could happen. A yeah. lot of little annoyances that draw that actually harm the consumer. Okay, we. I mean, we we can we can argue that one, um, and we can also. I mean, you know, you and I both have friends in hosting. We've watched the price of bandwidth just absolutely plummet. Oh, <laughs> so now we're sort of going. I would so not want to be a ho- in a, in the host position. Like I, I get, I, or in the transmitter's position. I I'm, I, I get they got a problem. Yeah, um, and I mean the thing is, all my ones and zeros, I still need to get around. So does this make it so that maybe web hosting providers have to charge, uh, you know, four twenty five a month instead of you know three ninety nine for your hosting package? Maybe, um, maybe that that may happen where entire hosting providers have to come in and go. You know what? We want to guarantee certain things. I I, I will I will concede to that. It'll probably happen. Um, where you know AT and T. You know, to to their ability will go. Hey, if you want your packets guaranteed to travel at a set speed through here, otherwise you're just getting in line with all the other packets, right? Otherwise, you know, you know, but we can set aside a certain amount of bandwidth. It's just you know, this is the fast lane. Um, will that happen? Probably. It, it probably will happen. Is that a bad thing for the internet? Um, and this is where and. I would assert the answer is no. I think it's going to lead to, to more innovation and better speed for people who can pay for it. But um, I which would, of course, we, we are, which of course leads to less open innovation. I don't think so. I, I mean, to me, the cost of everything is so astronomically and ridiculously cheap um, that I mean, you know, okay, so there's no way I should. In your first business, you could have afforded the extra costs. For for the marginal differences that it will be, yeah, I was paying in hosting what they would have to increase it to now. <laughs> it's well, just that, gotten that, so. Okay, given that was back in the old days when we walked barefoot to school uphill both ways. <laughs> okay. well, I mean, it wasn't even expensive then. I was paying like twelve ninety five or something, right? I mean, and, and for for an equivalent service um, now, probably with Fastlane, you'd probably have to pay eight ninety five instead of six ninety five, right? Like either I, I way, I, 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 I suspect with the sponsored data plan, because we're talking about a great deal of data, we're talking about you know no. Transmitting video to millions of people—it's going to be a little more than eight ninety-five a month. You, you know what? Actually, you I bring up a valid tra- point because this is heading straight into only um, tracking the sponsored data on video. And so, so to your point, I think when we're dealing with innovation, though, we're not just looking at video. Like the, the context of what damage this could do, and to bootstrapping businesses, this is more about what's going to happen globally, right? Not just video, but what's going to happen sort of globally. Um, now, no, one no, thing no. I'm concerned about, and I think. You you are too, and I think this is to your point, so I'll, I'll make it for yeah, you, is exactly. will companies like YouTube be the only ones left because Vimeo can't pay or whatnot, right? Like, they can't pay the same as Google can, and Google can just dish out cash. Um, will this be another opportunity for companies to create monopolies? And I think that's, to your point, um, what you're concerned about. I don't think that's going to happen, but again, this will be the spot where you get to call me because uh, we're finally having it tested. 
I'm pretty sure that the internet's going to behave like pretty much every other sector of the economy behaves when stuff like this happens. I don't know why, but I'm pretty sure it will. <laughs> it's in my experience that the internet is the real world. But that's just me. Okay, moving on. It's uh, quarter past the hour. We we gotta get to Clayton. I know that he's he's waiting uh, patiently. Probably 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 listening to every word we say. You know what these hosts are like. Um, <laughs> what do you think? We got time for one more story? Um, sure. Where uh, where do you want to go? We can talk fairies. We can talk NSA. We can talk. I mean, there's just so much well, we can talk about. Let's do the easy one, the not complicated one, the NSA. <laughs> <laughs> So get this. I love this story. It's, it's, it's one of those news of the of the well, it's the law of unintended consequences story. Okay, mm-hmm. Canadian government is trying to benefit from Eric Snowden's revelations about the NSA by luring American technology companies Google, Facebook, Cisco, whomever is storing data on American or or you know American citizens or subscribers from around the world. Well, the Canadian government's trying to lure those data centers up to Canada, where the NSA doesn't have the jurisdiction to spy on the on the information within the data centers. Right. Um, now, I don't know. Maybe, maybe we should probably tell our American audience the sad truth. Two sad truths. One, we love your money. So if you <laughs> want to relocate all of your services up to Canada, by all means, go for it. We love your money. But you're not going to get away from the NSA. <laughs> the Canadian Security Service is works hand in glove with the NSA. Um, chances of avoiding spying on your customers are about as good as oh, I don't know any Canadian data. You're not going to get data security up here, but you're going to get a lot of polite service. Any restaurant you go to, they'll say please and thank you. People will be so cool, and we love your money. Um, i do think you know what i i get why people are 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 doing it i get why um the hosts would would push for it um why the government would push for it i mean you and i we can kind of differ a little bit i think in this case yes um it's not as black and white an issue as i think a lot of people would like however we we don't have an agency that can just walk in the door and just take um our data or servers Right? I mean, there's there's a Test. little more to it. Um, so I think there is a level of security, but um, to me, and, and I'm sure to you, this is like having a, you know, just bought from Best Buy router um, that, you know, has a has a firewall built into it. And we can talk a little bit more about those maybe in the next segment, <laughs> that sort of yeah. level of stuff. But it gives you this false sense of security where, yes, it's more secure than not having it there, but it might actually be more dangerous because you feel like you're safe. But in reality, you're you're not. And I think that's like hosting this here. Yes, there is an added level of protection. But don't think it's a black and white, you know, it can't be gotten. Yes, it can, because uh, you called it. Um, these agencies are working very close together. And a couple phone calls, and uh, it, it, it's gettable, right, if, if, uh, if the government wanted it that bad. Although, again, on the, on the plus side, if anybody bumps into you in the hallway... Or if you, I'm sorry, if you bump into anybody in the hallway, guaranteed they'll apologize to you. It really is a nice place. Maybe even get you a double-double at Timmy's. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> life is so much simpler, but that's all you have to think of is I want a double-double. 
then <laughs> that like you know fifteen ingredient list at Starbucks shrinks to like three words. It's excellent. Okay, on that, we got to take a break. It's uh, we're going to take our first break here on Web College and WebmasterRadio.fm. It is the ninth of January, twenty fourteen. We're coming back with Clayton Gardner, a sysadmin at CanHost. Um, in Kelowna, British Columbia. But before we do, we got these messages. Stay tuned. Web calls will be back after, after these commercials. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology will be back after this short break. There are many things we would love to catch. Catching the final out of a baseball game. And that's the ball game. Reeling that big catch of the day. Or catching a ride home. Taxi! How about catching more attention like the biggest retail brands on earth? Introducing Catchy.com, where they sell short-branded attractive.com domain names. Use a short and catchy brand just like Sony, Visa, and Nike for your next business venture. You can even rent to own for as low as $100 a month. Catch a big break for your business with Catchy.com. Johnson, what's this mantis I keep hearing about? Do we need to call an exterminator? No, sir. Moby Mantis is our new SMS marketing tool. SM what? SMS. Text messaging. Moby Mantis lets us communicate directly with our customers in real time. We can send promos, coupons. It even lets our customers market for us by sharing offers with their friends online. It's been great for business. Hmm. Sounds expensive. Actually, I sign us up for an extended free trial. It hasn't cost us a dime. Good work, Johnson. I guess the only thing we'll be exterminating is the competition. To get your free extended trial of Moby Mantis, text RADIO to 21691. That's RADIO to 21691 for Moby Mantis. I'm John Ball, and I'm one of the founders of Page One Power. Page One Power is a custom link billing firm based in Boise, Idaho. We increase search rankings and web traffic for world-class brands and mom-and-pop shops all around the globe. Our link building strategies work because we focus on relevancy and quality, and we don't outsource anything. Our in-house staff of professional writers and researchers is the best in the industry. We're the link builders you've been looking for. Visit us today at page1power.com Welcome to The Hook with Katie Kempner, where Katie talks with advertising visionaries, top journalists, cutting-edge creatives, authors, and PR gurus. Hear what these industry insiders have to say about the changing landscape of advertising and PR today. The Hook with Katie Kempner. On demand anytime inside the advertising channel. Only on webmasterradio.fm Commercials off. Now back to Webcology, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Webcology here on webmasterradio.fm. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, joined by Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO. And Dave, I got an admission to make. What's that? Mea culpa. My admission. My name is Jim Hedger. I'm a webmaster, and I was hacked. It was horrible. Oh. I told you the beginning of the story at the beginning of the show where I was talking about sitting at the Winter Classic hockey game in Ann Arbor, Michigan, and the phone went off in my pocket. It was ringing and ringing. It was so cold. I couldn't take my clothes off, and I had a problem. I didn't know what to do with it, and my battery was dying. And then I met Clayton Gardner, a sysadmin from CanHost, the place where the eight of the, the ten websites on, on uh, his server, the only ones in our network that got hacked, were sitting on can host and Clayton and his staff relieved that pressure. Clayton Gardner, sir, welcome to Webcology here on WebmasterRadio.fm. Hi guys. 
So, this might be a bit redundant, because I know we've already talked about this, like, a lot, but what exactly happened um, on New Year's Eve slash New Year's Day? Well, uh, it looks like a WordPress compromise went around and hit that particular server you were on, uh, and any WordPress installs that were out of date um, were compromised, and the site was defaced. Okay, now... That's you know that's that's a normal WordPress hack and SQL injection sort of thing. They they take advantage of um, updates. This one, which happened over the Christmas, was supposed to happen over the Christmas break, but this was a, it was an interesting hack. This guy got deep into the systems, um, had self replicating files. Um, it was pretty hard to root him out. What was some of the damage that he'd done? Removal. Well, he would upload a HTML site. There was actually two different compromises. It looks he was he was running. One would up, upload an index.html, which in normal your WordPress install is HTML or is index.php. Mm-hmm. Um, but Apache picks that up first, so it serves out the the .html. Yeah. So the HTML so, overrides the PHP file. Yeah, it just comes first in the list, right? For uh, for serving and. Uh, I, I believe he uploaded a fake 404 page. He did. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and he would inject a new username and password straight to the database. So I, I think his that. last thing suggested that you update your WordPress install to keep him out, but yet he uh, he had a file there that would change the user and password of the menu. Effectively user, playing monkey in the middle. And updating yeah, That's so right. effectively yeah. he was playing monkey in the middle. You you do the right thing and you update and you download his files. Yeah, yeah, or he comes back and changes the username again. I, I think was, we, it, it, it's the typical thing too, right? As soon as uh, as people get in there, they update it right away. And then we go in and try to find it and help you with it and see what files have been touched in the period that it was compromised. Mm-hmm. So the file dates, well, they've all changed now that you've hit the update button. So they're all they're all at the same date. Um, so it wasn't as obvious in a lot of cases until I uh, until we dug into a lot of the other WordPress installs that hadn't been updated or touched to see what files he did inject and so then keep them out. One of the aspects of this hack was when webmasters quote unquote did the right thing, they actually did the hacker's bidding. Yes, in a way. Yeah. See, <laughs> <laughs> you, <laughs> you, you can right. see. You can see why, Dave, this was freaking us out um, well into the weekend. Yeah, well, and I mean, you've got to give, um, you know, sort of credit points for ingenuity on on things, right? Like, I mean, not to, I understand, Clayton, this this must have been an absolute disaster and nightmare for you, Jim. You know, it sucks when it happens, friends, but... um, you know, you, you get so used in our industry to just the, the run-of-the-mill things. Um, and then this one, two targets specifically, from the sounds of it, advanced users. Um, and people who are actually, you know, understand what they're doing. Um, you know, oddly, that's uh, an interesting way to, to go about it. Now, what, I guess I'll, I'll direct this at Clayton, if that's okay. What can people do? Like... Uh, uh, of course, the first step you would think to do is to make sure you're updated because something's going wrong. Clearly, that didn't work out in this case. Some cases, that might work. What would people do? What What do you recommend people do when, when they hit this spot? You know, you keep the words, uh, the WordPress install has to be kept updated all the time. All the time. That's it, it, Usually, those updates are security updates. 
Mm-hmm. Um, the, the other issue is is WordPress. I mean, it's such a powerful platform and incredibly popular. I think what it's forty eight million installs or sites running off it today, um, according to uh, to WordPress's own stats. Um, the other major issue that we see is people, or seventy four million actually sites installed running WordPress, which of course makes it a real big target for for hackers, right? If mm-hmm. you can, yep. you have it's open source code. If you can find a compromise, you have the chance of, of compromising 74 million sites. The other big issue is the plugins, right? These plugins can be written by anybody, and they are in a lot of cases. You can search for a weather app and get 50 of them. Some of those plugins also, each of them need to be supported to, uh, to support the updates, right? So they need to be managed updates, or they have to be managed plugins. Um, what we see in a lot of cases um, is is people using pretty important plugins like user login, access controls, and et cetera that they find on the internet that are free. They work great in version three point six, but it's written. I mean, for one example, I, I you know you click on a little link of say you know view my site of who made the plugin, and in this one case, it was uh, a nice young man from Holland, built it in his mom's basement, and he mentions that he won't be supporting it in the future because he just got accepted to college. Um, and people base their entire user login, you know, an authentication system on the plugin, and he hasn't supported it since 3.6. So that so, brings about a, a, an amazing conundrum for webmasters. Absolutely, because you, you're you're hesitant to hit the update button, hence it'll break the rest of your site, right? Like yeah. the plugin won't interact with it. So, so one one thing that many webmasters do, uh, my, myself included, is I see the update. And I like to wait a couple of days to let the plugin writers catch up with the update. Those couple days are like whistling past the graveyard. That's right. Those couple days are, are not getting the H1, H1 vaccine before you hop on an airplane and knowing it's out there. You, you, could, you could get it. So one of the, the, the big fear is that the, the, the new update will cause um, unupdated plugins to crash. How does a web, how does a webmaster properly choose plugins, ones that stand a better chance of um, you know of updating themselves along with WordPress updates rapidly afterwards? You know, um, when you're choosing, I think your plugins, you, you choose them from a reputable company, right? Would be the first first step. One that seems you might have to pay for it, but hopefully they maintain updates, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that would be the first thing. Most of them all have links to the developer's site. So you can easily follow that before you even install a plugin and see who they are. You know, is it, uh, is it a, a teenager working in his mom's basement that openly admits he's not going, you know, it was done for a project at school and he's not going to update it? Um, it? Just be aware of the software you're installing, right? It, it's so easy to just click and have a widget there. Um, uh, be careful of where where it's coming from, and that it's going to be supported in the future. I think also in Jim's case, he he had a a really good plugin that was from a, a very reputable company and very popular one, and even it wasn't uh, wasn't that right, Jim? It wasn't supported. Yeah, and you know what? I actually know that the maker of that plugin often listens to our show. Hey, Yoast, um, <laughs> gotta talk, brother. <laughs> we gotta talk about something. Um, 
Yoast Devolk, the maker of the SEO plugin, unfortunately it wasn't uh, wasn't compatible with 3.8 when it came out. 3.8 came out just before the Christmas holidays. Um, it is compatible now, for what that's worth. But there was that one-week period where, when we did our experiment updates, it crashed WordPress SEO, which, or at least it, de- it, it changed a lot of settings. When you have a network of over 100 websites, you have to take the, this update cycle seriously because it could present serious work hours and every hour you know, in, in, in a company like ours is budgeted for. So what do you do, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, might, that may well be a, a show for another day. Uh, I would love to get some app makers, some plug-in makers on the show and you know, some people from WordPress and then you know, just talk that out. How do... Yeah, how how when when they're coming out with an update or a version release, like, you know, how do they let those people know? And uh, how much time do they have to, you know, reprogram or interact with that and test? I I don't, I mean, when you go to WordPress versioning, there's there's quite a few versions that get released over a given period of time, even between 3.7 and 3.8. Well, Um, yeah, I think there was was, um, three or four um, minor updates in that, in that, in that time period. Just in the fall, I think over over overall there's there's quite a few more. I think just between September or August when we were discussing it, Jim, there was mm-hmm. there was four, you know, coming up with three point eight, and I'm I'm not <laughs> sure how that worked. How you know how much heads up these these plugin uh, the developers have to say, hey guys, this is what we're changing, this is what we're securing, and it's going to be new. Well, I mean, and that makes you want to put yourself in the shoes of somebody at WordPress.org. You know that there's a new exploit out there. You've got to patch that hole as fast as you can. Damn the plugin makers. Your core product has a hole in it. So you've got to plug that as fast as you can. You're on a constant day zero posture. Every time you find a new exploit, it's day zero. You must fix it now. That's right. That's that's how any programmer thinks, eh? Yeah, and, and, and I mean, it was obvious. In this case, Jim, on that one particular server, I think there was... I think there's 150 WordPress installs. We have dedicated WordPress install boxes as well. Mm-hmm. But every machine that was compromised on that, and I think there was 20 at this time, were all older versions. Nobody was compromised. That was at 3.8. So obviously the, the, the folks at WordPress had you know, found these holes. That's right. And closed. Yeah. Now, you were not the only host server to be hacked, and hackers don't do this just for the hell of it. They, there's a purpose. There's a reason they put so much work into this. First of all, do you have an estimate of how many other servers might have gotten hit? Um, in 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 this case, no, I I, I don't. I'm I'm not sure. I'm. It was obviously a botnet. It was automated. Um, uh, I did hear from one client that if you went back to the person's site, who like his deface page, of mm-hmm. course, gave him kudos for doing it. Um, and he said there was links of over ten thousand websites there. That okay, were so. Yeah, and then SEO started to pick them up. So he said you could you could Google it and you'd get a whole whack of links back. Linking <laughs> 10,000 10, at the time. Yeah, he was polite about it. He said you were, uh, he suggested you upgrade. <laughs> he did. He said, you know, upgrade now or I'm coming back. I'm very nice of him. I appreciate it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so why would someone do a hack like this? What was what was some of his motivation? What would, what would the purpose be? What could he have done? You know, I, 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 it's it's so hard to say, right? But 
in this case, it looks like he's given himself a lot of kudos. So in, in his community, he's probably, you know, just became the cool kid for the week. Yeah. That's what I did. Um, I'm not sure. I, I, I think he's, he probably farms out his services. And uh, he, just, uh, he just wrote a resume. You know, uh, he's got a as reference a, out. As a web host, do you operate under under any fear of liability for hacks like this? I mean, I, I know you have your, your your terms of service, and they're and they're, and they're fairly clear. Of, you know, about, you know, we're responsible for our own websites. But is there a sense of liability? Is there a, a sense that you have to uh, have to be there for the for the customers for either a legal or just an ethical reason? Just an ethical reason. At CanHost, we we're, we're there for our customers. There's always somebody at the other end of the phone, right, um, uh, to help you. In a lot of cases, you know, a lot of web hosts, absolutely not. You know, here's your drawer. Um, what you do with it is up to you. Uh, we do have, you know, multiple firewalls and et cetera on the servers, and we do go above and beyond. Sometimes that's annoying to people, you know. They incorrectly <laughs> log in three times, and... My website's down, right? <laughs> well, no, we banned your IP automatically at the at the core level, at the server level. Um, but uh, l- legally, no, no, there isn't. I mean, with a web host and in shared hosting, you're 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 given a slot. Uh, we're there to assist you and help you. We're not. We shouldn't. We most of us all hold a policy that we shouldn't touch your files because mm-hmm. you, know, you know you come back in three months, Jim, and tell me that hey, you know, when we cleaned out that file, you deleted this. And uh, that isn't working. It's your fault. <laughs> and, uh, Indeed. Indeed. Yeah, yeah. You know how that works? <laughs> it could be a year from now. <laughs> so that's why a lot of web hosts hold a hold a policy of, uh, you know, here you go. Well, um, well, the reason I asked the reason I asked Clayton is I know that you and your team were doing were pulling like some serious hours uh, between New Year's Day and and say Saturday. Um, by the when I talked to you on Friday, you guys you guys were all exhausted. Yeah, that was all customer service. You know, we, we, we usually idle along quite quite fine. So when you got those core days, we just, you know, buckle down and help the client. Whether it's nine bucks a month or, or regardless, right? We uh it, it's just the added service. Just you're there for them. It's also Christmas holidays. I mean yourself and any other clients, they're running on low staff, um, or no staff, people and the IT is not available. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And there is there is um, some surprisingly pretty major sites that were uh, compromised on that. Um, so, yeah, we, we we just try to be there for the customers. It was long hours. It was long days. That one was uh, a little difficult to uh, nail down how he was just you know changing the username and password. Uh, of course, there's lots of plugins too. That's the first thing you should do when you install WordPress. Is install. I think I recommended that WordPress to you. Yeah, WordFence and Better WP Security. That's right. And that's a plugin that'll go through and check your WordPress install. Like, we, we'll do a scripted install for our clients. So you order WordPress, it's done, you log in, WordPress is installed at the latest update. Um, WordPress Security will go through and recommend some standard security measures. One is in the SQL database, is that ID, you know, user one, which is by default admin and the admin of WordPress, that you change that to, like, ID2. And, mm-hmm. of course, don't use the name admin, because that's a standard login. Um, I think it also recommends that you change the prefix on the uh, SQL database. 
That's correct. WP underscore. Um, and there's a few other things. So that's the first thing is right from square one, right? Secure your install yourself. And these are certain things that are the responsibility of the webmaster. Oh, and, and, and just to, to reiterate, this, these are functions of uh, both Word, of WordFence or of de- better WP security. So it's not That's like good. you're having to go in and do alterations to uh, the, the database naming. It's just, this plugin will safely do it for you. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I know a lot, of, a lot of people look at you know, the moment they hear mess with database, they freeze it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, Clayton, we're, um, we're coming up to uh, 20 to the hour. Um, we're going to have to go to a break any minute. So uh, Clayton Gardner from canhost.ca uh, in Kelowna, British Columbia. Sir, thank you for the help that you gave uh, my team at Digital Always Media this week. And thank you so much for joining us on, on Webcology. You bet. Anytime. Take care. Have a good one. Friends, that was Clayton. That was Clayton Gardner, uh, sysadmin at canhost.ca, based in Kelowna, BC. Full disclosure: we have sites hosted with with Clayton and his company. Um, but I got to tell you, when Dave, when we got hacked, your best friend is a sysadmin who will tell you what's going on and what to do about it. Like, there's there's no better friend in the world at that moment. <laughs> <laughs> it's very, very true. I think we've all been there in, in some capacity. And, and you're right. And that's um, when you look and go, you know what? Gee, I'm sure glad I didn't pick that two ninety five a month hosting package. Uh, uh, you pay a little bit more. You talk to a real human being. And when you have that problem, that's worth its weight in gold. Absolutely. Okay. Gold is our segue. Speaking of gold, we got to make some here on Webmaster Radio. And we ain't talking about mining bitcoins. We're talking about running commercials. So... <laughs> On behalf of Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. Listen to Webcology at webmasterradio.fm. It is the 9th of January, 2014, and we'll be back after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break. Guys, are you suffering from FD, fulfillment dysfunction? Let MoldingBox.com's online portal system for inventory, tracking, and returns perform for you. We have the enormous tools you need for complete warehousing, shipping, and handling of all your packages, no matter the size or shape, directly to your customers. MoldingBox.com can also fulfill all your nourishing, nutraceutical, and smooth skincare product desires, including green coffee and Garcinia on demand. Plus, let our in-house printing and CD DVD manufacturing help you enlarge and maximize your coaching and business opportunity potential. We do everything. Fulfillment, shipping, tracking, inside and out, and all in one place. Moldingbox.com. It's shipping made sexy. Building better search engine rankings takes the right formula. Tracking those rankings is super simple. All you need is authoritylabs.com. Authority Labs uses automated daily rank tracking tools to monitor your site's performance or leverage their API to build your own tools. No matter what animal-labeled algorithms affect your ranking, you should be using Authority Labs. Unlimited users for no additional cost and white labeling can help keep your clients updated and save countless hours of creating reports. Whether you're running sites with just a few or millions of keywords, what you need is authoritylabs.com. Oh yeah, my day is done. Time for happy hour. 
You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use CertifiedKnowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brett Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. Ready to learn to be a mass marketing mastermind? Get schooled on how to be inboxed. You've got, you've got, you've got mail. Our hosts will show you how to deliver on email marketing strategies without going postal. Ah! Inbox, on demand anytime inside the Internet Marketing Channel, only on webmasterradio.fm. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Webcology here at webmasterradio.fm. Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. Dave Davies from Beamstock SEO. It's the 9th of January, 2014. And hey, Dave, I'm going to run a huge risk here. Okay. At the risk of getting a really bad prenup when, when Marissa Myers finally notices me. <laughs> I think it's time to start criticizing Yahoo again. Uh-oh. Yeah, I know. It's too bad because I was hoping for them. I was hoping for them. And, well, you know, um, I'm going to be married to Marissa one day. So, um, you know, <laughs> want her to succeed. But. It doesn't look like it's working out that way. A string of Yahoo... I mean, 2013 was just sort of Yahoo misstep after Yahoo misstep after Yahoo misstep again, even though they did it in style this time. (laughs) And 2014 hasn't opened much better for them. I mean, ask ask anybody about Yahoo Mail. Just say Yahoo Mail to a former Yahoo Mail user. You'll see what I mean. Um, 2014 is not opening as... Very well for Yahoo. A malware problem turned up to 2 million European computers into Bitcoin slaves. Yahoo, or um, malware delivered through Yahoo advertising was injected into um, Apple and Apple-based phones in Europe to turn them into zombies whose purpose was to lend processing power to the mining, ultimately to the mining of, 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 of bitcoins. You know, I mean, this is, yeah, a, a huge, huge, huge issue uh, for Yahoo, obviously. Sorry, Jim. Um, so, sorry, Marissa. Sorry, Marissa. You know, at the same, this does touch on um, you know what we were discussing earlier with Clayton, where you can go every now and then. Okay, but that's an interesting use where at least you know at least it's something <laughs> interesting to talk about. It's going okay to like inject malware through a search engine for mining bitcoins. Okay, I mean you know it's a well, I you know obviously you know clearly this is a huge problem, uh, a huge blow for Yahoo, a worse one for Yahoo users. Um, you know, I, I, again, I'll, I'll you know 
give credit to to sort of the brain power that figured out that that could be done. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I guess kudos to them. Um, and just another reminder, and, and what I find really interesting about this is it's an attack you may not notice, right? And so to me, I think this is a great reminder to people, there may be bad stuff going on and you have no idea um, that this stuff is going on. If it wasn't big news, and would you even notice that your wow. computer in idle was mining bitcoins? Probably not. They, they, they said a couple of years ago, Dave, I, I, forget, I forget where I got this stat, but it's four out of five computers in North America, be they home computers or business or computers in business, have been infected and are part of a botnet of some sort or another. Yeah. And you don't know. And they're using like um, a tenth of a percent of your processing power. Unless you have a remarkably slow computer. I mean, maybe you're maybe un- unless you're one of the 10 people who are still using a 486, you'd probably not <laughs> notice. Or oh, no. You'd probably not notice. Very true. And you go looking through the processes running on your machine. Who knows half of the, like, I mean, I'm sure you've looked through your processes to find out why something's going uh, awry, what's using so much CPU or, or, or RAM or whatnot. Sure. Um, you know, and you, you can look through it. Some of them you'll recognize. Thunderbird. Okay, I know what that is. But you get this whole litany of them that you wouldn't know whether this was good, bad, you'd have no idea what it was. So, you know, it's, it's going to be really hard to find those things. And yeah, some of the, the smarter ones um, use your CPU, you know, they'll sit at like fractions of percents of, of you know, kilobytes of RAM mm-hmm. until you're not using it anymore, right? <laughs> and then all of a sudden it'll, it'll ramp up its use of your machine, but it's an idle, you don't know, and then shuts itself down when, uh, when it sees you using it again. Um, you know, built into operating systems because it's a great thing to do, right? Like, you know, only, you know, do X, Y, or Z on my machine while I'm not using it. I mean, this is a great function of machines. Um, you know, and I, I use it a lot for, for things, not Bitcoin specifically, but, you know, SETI can use my machine to, you know, scan stuff if they want, but only when I'm not using it. I mean, these are great functions, um, but they're the same ones that allow your machine to be used um, you know, against some you. form of nefarious purpose. Well, exactly, and very, very easily, and you'd never know. And you know what? I, I'm not surprised to hear four out of five. Um, you know, I found them on my own machine, and I know, and I, you know, tend to format them every, you know, six to eight months. That's just, you know, when they get slow enough that I'm like, okay, I just need to speed this thing up again. It's time to flatten it again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, and you probably do too, right? It's like, okay, well, I got a couple machines, so I'll just flatten this one while I'm, <laughs> you know, uh, working on the other one. But, you know, you'll still find it. You're like, okay, even me, eh? Hmm. <laughs> uh, incidentally, my mistake, another male copy here. Um, Apple Macs and um, Apple-based mobiles were not affected. I was reading much too quickly. I missed the word "not." Everything else was open. Androids, PCs, that that they were affected. It was the uh, the Mac snobs who got off easy again. The ones who <laughs> afford the bitcoins themselves. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe they can't after they bought the Mac. Well, um, yeah. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I thought, and another thing that's worth knowing: this was a four-day attack. It's been closed. A Dutch cybersecurity firm um, informed Yahoo. Yahoo has closed it down, but it happened. And uh, you know it's, that's 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 something I wouldn't. I actually wouldn't mind asking Bennett Kelly, the the host of Cyberlaw Business Report, about as a site owner or as somebody say 
say you run an ad for your um, your bed and breakfast, mm-hmm. and that ad itself somehow becomes compromised, are you responsible? Right. No, that's a great question. Um, is there you know in the in the in the traceback o lawsuits? Are you going to be named somewhere? <laughs> Probably. Um, just because they'll name everybody, <laughs> hope it sticks to one. Um, but you probably would like. Let's you know go back to our last segment. Um, what if yeah you were just running these ads? Then attack on your server um, or into your WordPress install creates the environment for the malware to go on. Now was it your job? Was it your host's job? Who is? It came from your property. It came from your ad. Wasn't you who did it? But yeah, where where's the responsibility? Where's the onus to protect? Um, and if you didn't update your WordPress, is it you? And I mean, that's a great question to ask. Okay, we're down to about three minutes left in the show. What do you want? What, what, what do we got? Something really fast. Um, you know how Google lost its bus service in uh, in the tech in the in the Silicon Valley to uh, move its employees around a little bit faster than the BART system could. <laughs> yeah, apparently that's not fast enough. <laughs> Google has now. I mean, imagine uh, the Silicon Valley and San Francisco Bay Area in your mind's eye. There's a heck of a lot of water in between two large pieces of land, the isthmus that uh, the valley and San Francisco sit on and the other side of San Francisco Bay, Oakland and um, the, the, the eastern side of Silicon Valley, etc. A lot of water in between. So to get back and forth from the Oakland and Berserkley side over to the San Francisco slash Silicon Valley side, they have bridges. And on those bridges run buses and BARTs, but they're too slow. So Google has come up with a ferry service. <laughs> Named on, the Triumphant. Great. They've bought a boat called the Triumphant that can carry up to 150 passengers running twice each morning and evening. Takes about 45 minutes to go across the harbor. And I'm, I'm, actually, that must be a really cool, cool trip. Oh, yeah. The first couple times, then it'll just be your commute. But, but uh, a note to Google: we don't need a Google dance next time. Next time there's a um, a Click Z conference or an SMX conference in Silicon Valley, we don't need a Google dance. Take us on the ferry at night. That would be cool. Okay, that'd be kind of awesome. And give us um, booze. <laughs> that's Why? safe. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a neat perk. Um, and and a great uh, a great sort of publicity piece for them, um, and I mean heck you know I I have a feeling that they're looking more uh, from the angle of we're not saying that uh, you know let's say including your commute you were working twelve hours every day uh, we're chopping an hour out of your commute so I, I don't think they're saying hey now you only have to be away for eleven I think it's more a you know hey we still hope you put in twelve. Um, just put that extra hour in here, and instead of sitting on a bus, you're on a ferry with Wi-Fi, so you can keep working there too. Um, I'm so on I think a it's a boat, it, man. I mean, in this case, though, I think it's it's a win across the board. I'll bet um, Google themselves is going to profit with a, a higher productivity from from staff when otherwise they'd get very little productivity. Um, and then you know, at the same time, good uh, good for the employees who now just get to take a, a much faster ferry and a nicer trip. Um, you know, to to get to and from work, I, I think it's a it's a win for both, and I'll, I'll bet that Google's going to end up profiting out of the whole thing, even though uh, it's costing them a lot of money to do. Of course, they will. They're Google. They're very smart. <laughs> do, they, do they own? Any, do we know? If, do, do, we, do we know if they own any trains? Because they got planes, they got automobiles, they got boats. Do they got any trains? Because they got to complete the circle here. 
You, 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 they'll be on it now. The Google <laughs> monorail sold to Toronto. Um, okay. That brings us to the top of the hour. Our first show of 2014. It was a fun one. On behalf of Dave Davies, who really wants to go skiing but is working instead up at Whistler, that's Dave at Beanstalk SEO. Dave from Beanstalk uh, SEO. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. Jim at DigitalAlwaysMedia.com. You've been listening to Webcology on WebmasterRadio.fm. Got the news coming up. Then we got a whole bunch of fine content. Stay tuned. We'll talk to you next week. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.webmasterradio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.